Hey doulas, welcome to another episode of the Doula Road Trip Podcast. And this one is going to be a little bit different. Today we are talking to one of my doula besties. Her name is Raquel and we met online and we have like quite a lot of catching up to do. So we're all going to catch up together <laughs> because I think Raquel is absolutely incredible. I can't believe like all of the strides she has made in just a short amount of time that I've known her. And so I'm super duper excited. So Raquel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So, okay, introduce yourself to everybody because I know you, but I know this will be everybody else's first time getting to know you. So what do you say when people ask you, who are you and what do you do? Okay. Um, My name is Raquel Story. I am a birth and postpartum doula as well as a certified yoga instructor. Love it. Okay, so Raquel and I met online. This was at the end of last year. And you were in a position where you had this fantastic job that you've been doing for years as a nanny. You absolutely loved it. And you were ready to transition into becoming a doula. So how did you find out about doula work? And what about it spoke to you? So um, I found out about doula work, honestly, when I had just finished doing my yoga um, instruction. I had just gotten my certification and started moving on that side of my business. Mm. And I knew um, from a very long time that I wanted to do um, birth work as well. I actually worked in hospitals for over 10 years previous to Mm. be a nanny um, Mm. and wanted to go into labor and delivery and ended up going into uh, critical care and then took a break to be a nanny. And so that was always kind of in the back of my head. Like, I love this thing. I saw my first birth when I was a teenager. And so um, I think because I run in like a holistic kind of circle, doula work kept popping back up. So I started doing research and then from there picked a training and went ahead and jumped in. So let me ask you, why birth work? Because as a nanny, it seems like it's more parallel to like postpartum doula work. Did you consider postpartum doula work? And what about it spoke to you like birth versus postpartum doula work? Like, did you have that battle at all? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I definitely had that battle and which is why I did a training that is both birth and postpartum. Mm -hmm. And I'm honestly still on the fence of where my alliance is going to go more. Um, Mm -hmm. I always say I'm a flexible type A. So (laughs) I don't know how much of the unpredictability of birth work I think I can handle for a long period of time. So I'm definitely looking to maybe integrate more postpartum. So maybe do postpartum, you know, in the fall and do birth in the spring and be able Mm -hmm. to use both of those skills. Um, But I haven't quite figured that part out yet. (laughs) Yeah, I love that you said that because I think a lot of people don't factor in like birth is sexy. Sure, it's the thing that everybody wants to do, but it's also a lifestyle that you're committing to of unpredictability and how set up are you to really leave your life at a moment's notice to be wherever your clients may be as a traditional doula. Like it's a big sacrifice and it's a lot of time and a lot of planning involved, not to mention the recovery period. 
after you support somebody um, of just the resting and nourishing yourself and getting back to your life again. So I'm glad you said that because I don't think people really understand that. And for sure, if you know you have a type A personality or a flexible type A personality, um, that could definitely be a challenge for you. And having a nanny job already that is very structured, that's not really that flexible. They expect you to be there when they need you to be there so they can do what they have to do. Um, That's another factor as well. Did that come up for you, like balancing your current job with your dreams of becoming a doula? Yes, which is why I've started on the birth side right now. Um, The Mm -hmm. family that I work for um, is an amazing family. I've been with them for, gosh, three to four years now. Um, Mm -hmm. I let them know that I was going through the training, that I was going to be transitioning out. And so they've been nothing but supportive. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really easy, which is why I've been taking more birth work versus postpartum because I'm with them Monday through Friday right now, 7 to 5 p.m. But with birth work, even though it is like you have to kind of drop at the drop of a dime, mm-hmm. um, they have a lot of support. And so I can um, manage that a little bit better. So I can say I have somebody with an expected due date. And then, you know, as things start cooking and a brewing, I <laughs> let them know like, hey, we're going to have to use our backups for this time. And so that is definitely why I've started with birth work over postpartum right now, because it works with my nanny schedule, which is very structured. So since it's so structured, you can get a backup really easy. Yeah, I love what you said about um having a backup. It's like for your role as a nanny, for your role as a doula, like it's definitely critical to have really great backup. And we do have a phenomenal podcast coming out um, where Deja and I talk about like backup doulas, how to find one, what to talk about, how to communicate and all of those things because it's such a critical part of your business when you're a solo doula. Um, I wanted to talk to you because you sent me a message and you were talking about how you landed your first client, how you attended your very first birth as a doula and so I want to know like everything so we have to back up a little bit because people don't know so tell everybody a little bit about how you attracted this potential client and a little bit of like how that beginning process went and then tell us about like the birth yeah so um I had spoken with Jariel and I told um her that I had been doing quite a few interviews and Mm very uh, mindful about what she and Deja have said about attracting the right clients for you. And I hadn't landed any contracts. And so I was getting a little discouraged. And Mm. I had one person, well, actually had two people who told me that they would have hired me. I just was not, I ended up not being available for their dates. And so Jariel had a recommended that I record my interviews and then watch them back. And my mentor at the time, or she's still my mentor, I love her, but she also Mm -hmm. was like, hey, you're very excited, like maybe turn it down. And so I was having this internal struggle, like, Mm -hmm. do I be less of myself, which is why part of the reason why I went into um, independent work was because I wanted to be more of myself or, Mm -hmm. you know, what can I fix? And so around that time, I was getting kind of discouraged and um, a friend of a friend was like, hey, I know somebody who is having a baby. Um, Do you have any information you can send to them? And I was like, "Ooh, I got I got some stuff. So I sent them to my um, Instagram 
and my Facebook page and mm-hmm. then they booked an interview with me and that's how we started the ball run. I cannot believe that you went through the same thing that I go through. Like, I feel like I'm very high energy and I'm very passionate, especially when I'm talking about topics that I love. So inside of a client interview, the energy is all the way up. Like, and you can, like, I'm in my zone. I'm like excited. I have all the analogies laid out, like, and I'm really like flowing and flowing. And so I have to actively remind myself, like, allow the potential client to speak more than I speak, you know, like, and things like that, because I do feel like I speak fast. I speak with a lot of energy and I don't want to overwhelm people. But I love what you said about being an independent work so you can be more of yourself and be authentic to yourself and not turning down or dimming your light because it might be too much for people. It's like, if that's the case, like this is the first date and I want you to know that up front, if it's not for you, then it's not for you. And that's okay if we're not in alignment, but I absolutely cannot be you know, the corporate version of myself, how many black people know what it's like to be in corporate America. And like you take your corporate America voice and your corporate America hair and your corporate America attire and you're like blending, right? Blending and blending and blending to be professional. And a lot of us are owning our own businesses, running our own businesses because we want to show up as our authentic selves. So yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I feel that. Yeah. So that really helped. And then just kind of having that encouragement from you guys, just letting me know like, hey, you can attract the people that you would want to work with and that are going to um, want this energy, right? Because clearly Mm -hmm. also, you know, a yoga instructor too. So I am very calm and I'm very stable when it's it's everybody else's to attend. I'm Mm -hmm. So having that kind of balance, I think, is really good. Um, Mm. But the family, um, she was 30 weeks when I um, had my interview with her. Mm. And then she emailed me, told me she was going to book with me. And I said, great. We sent the contract. I was like, so excited. She signed it. I was like, oh, I am doing it. And then (laughs) she ended up getting put in the hospital. Um, she had severe preeclampsia and, um, so that changed it from a birth that we knew she might not be able to get all the things that she wanted. Right. Yeah. So I was just there for support for them throughout that time. I came to the hospital and did all of my prenatal visits, um, with her and her partner. Mm. is great for me because I got to know the hospital (laughs) right and the staff ahead of time excellent time too Mm -hmm. helpful um and then she ended up having to have a c-section at 34 weeks um okay and I was nervous about having my first uh birth client be a c-section yeah believed in the tools that I was getting from other places and my training. So, Mm -hmm. um, and also at that time I had already personally in my life, my partner had 
gotten me on a trip to Hawaii. So I was like, oh, I don't want this baby to be born and I'm not here because I don't know about most people's contracts, but my contract says I'll be on at 38 weeks. And so this trip was not going to be on any time where I was going to have to need to be on call originally when I signed up to do this birth, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, so that was really nerve wracking. I actually have a backup that I work with regularly. We back each other up. She met my client virtually so that in case something were to happen, um, you know, and I couldn't be there. She had someone that she felt comfortable with, another person of color, because mm -hmm. that was very important to me um, mm -hmm. as a practitioner to work with clients of color and to have backups that are, are also people of color. Um, mm -hmm. They understand, you know, what's going on. Yeah. But the C-section was actually really um, kind of like it was, we went to recovery together. Um, mm -hmm. They allowed me to go into the room with her. So her partner was able to go with the baby when the baby okay. was born. And I got to stay in the room with her, play her mm -hmm. calming music, hold her hand, you know, talk mm -hmm. about her kid because she didn't get to spend much time with him. And um, yeah, just be that support with for the family. So it was a very unique and very just, gosh, beautiful um, experience. And I was super honored to be a part of it. Yeah. Not to tell too much of your business geographically, but you are in California. I'm in Ohio. So I have attended a cesarean birth before. Um, once in the OR, like they let me in. And then the other time I had to sit and actually wait in the waiting room. Um, so I feel like when you're preparing a client for a cesarean birth, it looks a lot different than when you are preparing for like a spontaneous labor where you're expecting like a vaginal birth and delivery and like all of those things. So tell me a little bit about like, what are some of the things that you would give to other doulas as tips if they are going to support um, a cesarean birth for the very first time. Do you have anything that you think would be helpful? Yes. So I think the thing that helped my experience, one of the things is that my client really wanted her doula to be there. Um, originally, they they were going to do go towards induction and vaginal uh, birth, but the baby flipped. And so that's how it ended up being a C. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, well, you don't need your doula now. And she was like, nah, I need her. So you have mm -hmm. to figure out how to get her with me or let her stay with me as much as she can. And so at that point, we didn't know if they were going to let me back into the OR. Mm -hmm. So, um, we decided that I would go into the pre room with her to get okay. for the C-section and then go, they would go to the OR and then, um, I would be in that same room where she would be coming back. So that was the original plan. Um, mm -hmm. But they decided to let me in after the baby was born. And then there were no severe complications. They came out, gave me my garb and let me go through. Okay. So, um, so that was part of it. I think the biggest thing too was my role changed in that I was supporting her birthing partner more than mm -hmm. I was supporting her for a while because, yeah. um, you know, he, they were worried, right. You know, you're yeah. 
family is having a major surgery and it is very scary. So making sure that he felt well supported and making sure that he did not feel guilty while, um, you know, nurturing his child versus being with his partner. Um, that's something we talked about. Um, he was like, I just feel good that you're here because now I know Mm. that I'm not leaving her. Um, and so, yeah, I, I felt like my connection to him ended up being different. So knowing that your role is going to change in a way where you're supporting both of them differently, and even though you might not be giving physical support, that emotional support is going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. And then feel, filling the needs, right? You know, I saw him running back and forth from Nick you to her, Nick to your, her to you, and I and I got him in the middle and I was like, drink this water, eat this banana. Like, <laughs> and he took, I saw him take his first breath of the day. Like he was like, you know, okay, yeah. I need to stop for a second. That whole, put the mask on yourself before you put it on other people. So mm-hmm. having someone to intervene in that. So being able to look and see where things can be filled in differently. I would say if you're going to be supporting someone who's having a cesarean. Um, I know you have to go. So I just want to thank you so, so very much. I really appreciate you. And I cannot tell you how proud I am of you, of just like all of the progress you've made in such a short amount of time. And like, good for you for overcoming like the mindset and the imposter syndrome and the need to like do 8,700 trainings in order to feel ready to take the next step and just getting out there and standing on what you know already. Because You're so dope. And I'm so excited for all of the families that you get to support. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see everybody in the next episode.